what we do here is go back, 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 back. Talanoa. Talanoa. I think it's Talanoa. Tan, Tanaloa Hufanga. Shikaka, I believe. Is his, Hufanga is his middle name. Shikaka is his last name. Welcome back to another edition of the Raider Tech Podcast. I am Mike McDonald. With me, as always, is Andy McDonald. And like Smash Mouth once said, the cuts start coming and they don't stop coming. That is right. I believe they said that in their song. Um, they also said that in their song with, uh, I believe it was Shrek. They're on the Shrek mm-hmm. soundtrack. So, um, yes, the cuts have um, come and they've came, you know, but those are also things. <laughs> but... Um, you know, who left you in a pickle on that one? Sorry, yeah, no, it's okay, you know. Um, but you know, here we are. So, the Raiders had themselves a week, um, since we have recorded. Um, that is actually where we will start on our rundown. So, have a couple things to address, which is great, you know, great Raider news, great things for us to talk about. Um, and then as, as always, we're gonna, we're gonna finish it off just like Smash Mouth. They don't stop coming and they've already came in things like that. Right. So we're going to keep coming with the, um, we have the cornerbacks and the safety breakdown for the draft. We're completing our overall Raider take podcast draft breakdown. We have finished, we have finished off. I'm I'm sorry. I wasn't even trying to say we have finished off the defense um, and we will not be going to special teams, long snappers, punters, and kickers. Um, Everyone already knows them. So we will get into some Raider news. We will get into some cornerbacks. Um, we have four to talk about, and then we have four safeties to talk about. We will do two each on both, and then we will we will end. I almost said finish <laughs> off. We will end. I, I'm, I'm not even trying to do this. We will conclude. We will conclude this podcast um, just with with a a preview of of what's to come. Okay, didn't even mean that either. Um, we at the end of this podcast, we will tell you what is to be featured next. So there's that. Um, so we'll have our free agency preview. We'll get into that next week. I believe um, when we do record next week, it will be the first day complete of free agency. So a lot to talk about there. So once again, the Raiders made some moves this past week. One of the biggest moves that we saw was Trent Brown got traded for basically um, a bag of nickels, but you know, the Raiders were going to either trade or try to restructure his contract. So they ended up trading him to the Patriots, which if you have um, been a Raider fan this whole time, um, trading with the Patriots never works out, but we get, um, we get Trent Brown off our, off our cap, right? We saved 14 mil, I believe. Um, and we got back a 2022 fifth rounder and then the Patriots got a seventh rounder and they got Trent Brown. So we'll start there. Takeaways, how we feeling, Trent Brown's gone. Um, Mel Dreamy can rest assured. He can sleep good tonight. But um, how do you feel about that? I don't know how to feel about it because it's tough in one regard because he's a fantastic player when he was on the field. But in other situations, as Mel Dreamy had pointed out many times, is that it's like, are we getting the run around with this guy? Like, what's going on with things? It was kind of another like he said situation where you're thinking are we getting Antonio Brown again you know just kind of someone coming in here to 
try to swoop up some money. And I don't know. It's just, it's rough because I felt like maybe he had more trade value than that, you know, and it felt like it was one of those things that we kind of got bare, bare bottom for because of the fact that he probably didn't want to be here. And he also had 14 million against him towards the cap. So it was kind of like we had to give him away almost for the most part to get something back. But I don't know. I, it's, I guess there's like a relief in the sense of like that kind of like, okay, what's going on with Trent Are things going to actually pan out with him isn't looming over you anymore, but it's really hard for the people want to come play for Vegas narrative. It's just a rough look, uh, in my opinion. It's it's interesting. I, I mean, I guess we can wash our hands of it now and just move on to the next thing, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those things where he, he he was great when he played, but his availability wasn't there. Um, I think we we shed a lot of cap, and I think that factors into, you know, with the NFL being where it's at, um, a lower salary cap, which historically has never been the case. Um, so the Raiders got put in a point where, you know, do you want to keep dealing with this stuff? Do, do you want to have this, you know, uncertainty around his, his willingness to, to commit really, you know? So I think th- those are the factors. Gruden is kind of a no nonsense guy. Um, and so I think they were able to shed some cap, get, get back a fifth. And you kind of just, like you said, wash your hands in a sense and just walk away. So, you know, it leaves our, our O-line um, kind of in a revolving door as, as it had been this whole year, but, you know, we'll see how it goes as, we'll get to later with, with some recent moves, but not so surprising news. LaMarcus Joyner gets cut as well. Um, nine, basically 10 mil, right? A hair under 10 mil off the cap, 9.95. Um, he was someone that you and I predicted would, would get cut. Any, any initial thoughts or, I mean, we kind of, kind of saw this coming, right? Yeah, I was pretty cut and dry. seemed like it, it was, you know, the next most likely to happen outside of Tyrell. Uh, going on and that was you know the only reason he was a little less likely was because our defense is just defense is just so strapped with on the db side i think it's like okay maybe they just eat that contract just to keep him around for whatever reason but yeah it was seemed like it was a foregone conclusion i'm fine with it you know i'm a big a meek robertson guy so hoping he's got a chance to to step up and you know get in some games and and learn some things but fully expected yeah, no doubt. I mean, it, it was one of those things we expected, but um, good to have him off the cap. You know, I mean, I think there could have been a fit. There could have been a reason that he would have fit in um, Gus Bradley's scheme. But at the end of the day, you know, you shed a, a hair under 10 mil and then you can just figure it out with a meek, like you mentioned. And then also, you know, we can assess that in the draft or free agency and bring someone in as a nickel. But um, and then lastly, we have Richie Incognito cut. Um, he was hurt, had a foot injury. I believe it was week four or five is when he was gone completely so six and a half mil off the cap you know it's a good break for us but cutting Gabe Jackson trading Trent Brown our O-line is not not looking great but I think there's a lot of things that you know we're able to address but how do you feel about about that overall because it doesn't seem great after we did both of those things and then Gabe you know the week before yeah definitely and that it's it seems like, like I said the cuts start coming and they don't stop coming and it was going all straight to the offensive line there is word around that they are going to do essentially what you predicted could be happen potentially with Jalen Richard, and that was a cut and re-sign. So they're expecting Richie might end up re-signing to get a cheaper contract and get him back in the building. Thoughts are kind of, you know, on both sides with that. I think he's going to be like 38, 39 years old. But, you know, that tenacity and, and that type of person that he brings to the locker room 
sure there's some value in there on top of, you know, if he's healthy, he's good. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's, you know, we did, we did cut him to save off of what we originally signed him on. And, and I think, as you mentioned, there's some rumblings that we could bring him back. Um, I have heard also that he's, you know, more than willing to come back and really wants to retire as a Raider and loves being around here. So there's, there's some room to have some optimism there. Um, if we do bring him back, it would be a team friendly deal. So who knows if that'll work in the Raiders favor, but also we've seen Mitchell Schwartz, Eric Fisher, they both got cut today um, on the Chiefs. So there's some things that, you know, we can look into as far as the O-line's concerned. And ultimately I think we'll be able to address that. And then once again, it goes back to the cap that a lot of teams are strapped. A lot of teams are trying to figure out how they can get under it and, and still be able to draft players and pay them and, make attempts at free agency. So we'll see how it goes, but you know, that's the Raider news for now. Um, Once again, we'll get more into that next week as we get into our free agency breakdown. But um, as we move on, we have cornerbacks here. So Patrick Sertan is our number one guy, Alabama. Micah has the beautiful choice of going first. Patrick Sertan, give us a breakdown of what this guy offers. Yeah. 6'1", 202-pound junior out of Alabama. Uh, he is the all-around best cornerback in this draft. He is the most well-rounded player and most pro-ready coming into this year's draft. Uh, some of his pros are his plus size and his length. He's got very natural playing ability. His flow on the field comes very natural to him. He's got elite instinct out on the field. He's very aggressive, very physical. He's a very long corner as well, very big r- wingspan you know how big I was on Trayvon Diggs last year at Alabama. One of the biggest things was because of his length. Thinking of uh, you know them having both of these guys on either side is unbelievable. He, like I said, going to be the most pro-ready player out there. Um, he's not the fastest person on the field, but he plays a lot faster than a 40-time would indicate. Um, he's very sticky. He's great in man coverage. He's going to be one of those guys that you go and you put him out on your number one receiver, and he's – nine out of 10 times going to lock him down. Doesn't really have a whole lot of cons. Um, He's got good speed, but it's not great. But like I said, it is one of those things where he plays faster than, you know, he probably looks running a 40 time. He's going to fit into just about any scheme that he gets drafted. in. I mean, he's probably top 10 overall player on just about everybody's big board. You know, someone's going to get a cornerstone cornerback out of him. Uh, My player comp for him is going to be Jalen Ramsey. And that is, you know, some high praise. But I think that's another one of those guys that's a long, aggressive cornerback. One of those guys you don't think is going to is like when you talk about like the fastest, you know, DBs out there in the NFL, you're probably not necessarily thinking of Jalen Ramsey, but that dude plays so much faster than a 40 time could indicate. He'll keep up with anybody and he's just a dog out there on the field. Ramsey might be more of a, a chippier, aggressive type of cornerback then Sertan Sertan's pretty mild mannered and kind of quiet um, and just goes out there and plays his game. But I think very similar in the sense of overall body type and just the fact that he's, he's just a football player out on the field. Yeah. No, Sertan's my guy, man. I I love that dude. And it's only fair that, you know, I take your guy JOK last week and and here you go with taking my guy Sertan, but it's only fair. And I think he's, He's such a baller, and then I, I would love for the Raiders to get him at 17. I don't know if he'll last that long, and I don't know if they'll really truly see that as something that they want to attack. But um, I'll move over to – really, it's, it's kind of 1A and 1B in this class, and, and I have Caleb Farley. So, 
it's kind of pick your poison, right? Baskin Robbins, 31 flavors. What do you got, right? So Caleb Farley, 6'2", 207, um, Virginia Tech. He was an opt-out guy. Um, he's someone that didn't choose to play in this weird year of college football, but he's someone that still, you know, he's, he sticks out and he's, he's kind of the dude, right? So strengths-wise, I mean, size and length. The guy's big. He's physical. Um, he can get you off your route. Um, he has speed to catch up. He can press you. He can make plays. Um, and really it's just his, the, it's like the playmaking ability, but really his burst and, and driving to the ball is, is what separates him. So he's able to press you. He's able to keep with you with the speed. And then also he can make plays. He can drive through you. He, he's a special athlete, um, you know, for sure. And, and I think that, you know, once again, it's like, pick your poison. Do you want Sertan? Do you want someone like Farley who might take a little bit more risk? Do you want someone that fits your scheme more? I think they both will be able to fit wherever, but um, you know, when it comes to weaknesses, I think, you know, I think there's some tackling technique that he could get better at just, you know, watching him a little bit. It's, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, he might bet on his athleticism and burst and drive and aggression a little bit too much sometimes, but outside of that, man, he's, he's pretty, you know, he doesn't have a ton of flaws. So, I think he's going to really stack up well to the new age NFL and where everything's going. And so from a comp perspective, I think he's, um, you know, the, the length and then the technique, you know, from a cornerback standpoint, it, it seems a lot like Jimmy Smith from Baltimore. Um, so he has kind of that lot, those long arms, you know, where he can press you off the line and then, but, but also physically he's gifted. So there's Byron Jones um, for the Cowboys who, you know, and Byron Jones is a little bit more physically gifted. Um, and I think everyone saw that in the draft. That's why he maybe had gotten drafted a little too high, but he has, he has paid it off. So um, I think he has both those strengths. Um, I think he's a, he's a freak physically. Um, I think he does have some good technicalities as it comes to um, press coverage, off coverage, things like that. But um, he's going to be a star. I think him and Sir Tanner, 1A and 1B, but it, it's pick your poison. So um, I'll let you kick it off to our uh, number three on this board yeah number three is jc horn 61205 junior out of south carolina another one of these corners that's got plus size and length um very long corner very physical uh he's excels in press man coverage just beating you off the line and staying with you staying sticky on you um he's going to be someone who is very physical with receivers has elite man press coverage ability, and his ball skills are very great as well. Um, one of the biggest pros is his dad was a pro. Uh, his NFL pedigree, uh, Joe Horn, wide receiver. He, you know, it runs in his blood. He's been around it his whole life. You know, we, we hear a lot about, you know, how these kids have been in NFL locker rooms since they were three years old, you know, that kind of stuff. But, you know, the quality of player that he is runs through his blood. Some of the cons that he has um, – his weaknesses, his tackling is kind of subpar. He can kind of get overzealous with his, you know, trusting his abilities, getting overzealous and guessing the routes, guessing the plays and, and kind of trying to jump things. Um, he can kind of be, you know, out of position um, easily in that regards. And uh, one thing he needs to do is just kind of refine and hone in his physicality uh, at the NFL level, as we all are well, well aware of nowadays, very easy to get past interference calls when you are, you know, kind of going after corners that tend to be more physical and more loosey goosey with their, you know, hand checking and all that kind of stuff. But he's going to be another one of those guys that's, that is going to be highly coveted at the cornerback position. And, you know, we could very well see three of these corners go off the board pretty quickly. 
My player comp for him is Kyle Fuller, uh, someone who also coming into the NFL was very aggressive corner, uh, someone that excelled in, in man coverage, uh, was also kind of very aggressive and, you know, was kind of a, a good part of his game, bad part of his game. But yeah, I think that he's going to be, you know, if he's someone that can kind of take his ability and kind of hone it in and, you know, sculpt a little bit with a little bit of development, he could, um, you know, really be a, a legit corner in the league. Yeah, you kind of just you got both of them. You got the you got the family tree with Sertan and and Horn, so he can kind of get you know shuffled under the top two. But he's a special athlete. He's a special player, like you mentioned. So um, our our fourth and last corner um, is Kelvin Joseph. So six one one ninety two um, out of Kentucky. Um, this guy, he once again. I mean, if you're seeing a trend, there's length, right? So six one long arms. Um, he's got the ability to um, really excel in press coverage. Um, he's someone that can jam me at the line. Um, he, but he also is aggressive um, in the run game. So I think what you, you know, it's been kind of limited tape. And so in that sense, you're like, okay, there's some upside there, but also it has been inconsistent. So you see an athlete who, you know, he's a freak and he, and he has explosiveness, but there's also some raw ability around it. So I think his technique can get a little bit better. Um, but this is why I kind of go towards like the Marcus Peters kind of comp, right? So it's like, he's, you know, got good size, you know, he, he, he makes plays, this dude makes plays and he jumps all over the ball. Um, but he does have flaws. He does take risks. Um, he does, you know, he is aggressive in that sense. So I think he's someone that it is, um, a good kind of early to late round second pick your second round pick, but, um, he's someone that is, you know, if he can refine his game, he's got a lot of upside and, and he's special. You know, I think he, he can make some plays if he's in the right system and he's able to develop his raw technique or, I guess, lack of tape that we've seen. So, um, Kelvin Joseph, Kentucky, we got to rah, rah, let's do it. You know, um, if, if the Raiders took that guy in the second round, I, I'd be all over it. So, um, let's move over to safeties. And, and actually, we're doing snake draft is what it looks like because I got the number one safety. And that's my guy, Trayvon Morig. I believe I pronounced that right, but... <laughs> Close enough. I'll be honest. This is Micah's guy. He hasn't done a Raider take tape talk about this guy. Did I, did I do too many T's? No, nah, you're good. Okay. You could just say RT3. I'm going to go RT3. Mike has done an RT3 on this guy. He has not yet, but he may. But this is one of his guys that from the very beginning, he's been like, dude, this is a guy. And I'm like, hey, this is a guy. And he's like, this is a dude. And I'm like, for sure. Right. So he's special. 6'2", 208, um, TCU, athleticism off the charts right? Instincts, playmaking, it, he's amazing. He's, he's special in that sense. Um, he's also versatile. And so we talk about the corners, we talk about the length, we talk about those things that you have to be able to do. This guy can, he can play single high, he can play in the slot, he can stop the run, things like that, right? He's a very aggressive playmaking um, safety. And so do you want him at free safety? Do you want him at strong safety? Probably a better free safety in that sense that can stop the run on the weak side, but who knows? But I, I think he's he's someone that that will be able to excel wherever you put him. But in that sense, I do I do see that there are some weaknesses in his game. Um, you know, tackling is more of like an over aggression. It's more of like he he's not able to wrap up. You know, and I think you see that a lot with younger safeties. Um, Raiders definitely have not seen that in Jonathan Abram at all. So Abram's just a different beast. Just so you know not just so you know, just so everyone knows and also Trayvon, cause I know you're listening. So, but you know, I, th- I think he, he lacks a little bit in technique there. And so sometimes too aggressive, sometimes 
is, is missing tackles, things like that. But um, overall, he's a dude, he's, he's special. And I think he's going to go, he he should go round one. Um, Don't think he makes it that far in round two, if he slips that far. And so my comp is, it's really um, someone who I like, who, who really just got recently um, franchise tagged. It's Justin Simmons. So, you know, you see size, I think you see playmaking ability. I think he's a good enough tackler. Um, Simmons fills it, um, but he's, he's more of just like, he's, he's a factor in the secondary. He's someone that makes a presence day in and day out. And um, someone that, you know, Simmons wasn't as um, highly touted as, as a prospect, but he's came on and developed and been that dude. And really the Broncos couldn't afford to get away from him. So I see a lot of similarities there. I, I struggled with this comp, but I, I think that's it probably as close as I can get. So I'm going to go Justin Simmons as far as a comp perspective, but Trayvon is, he's special. And, and I think it's another conversation where I would be like, do I want him at 17? Um, I think that factors into more of what you and I talk about a lot is like, yes, he's great. Is that what we need? Do we want to go there? Could we address it somewhere else? But free agency will happen. Um, and, and I think we'll, we'll get more into that later, but yeah, he's a dude and he's a guy yeah. and he's a guy being a dude most of the time. So that's all you can ask for. That's, that's all you can ask for. So um, who do you got number two? Yeah, uh, number two, we got Javon Holland, 6'1", 195, junior out of Oregon. Uh, he's another one of these guys that is just a, a do-it-all kind of safety on that back end uh, for the most part, mainly on the coverage side of things. He's got elite instinct, big nose for the ball. He is well-rounded in majority of his aspects of his game getting to one of the cons early, I guess, um, you know, he's one of those people that are good at just about everything, but he's not necessarily like super great at, at one specific thing, but um, he's very versatile. He can play deep high safety. He can come up and, you know, play nickel corner. If you needed him to need him to do any type of coverage stuff, he's very good in coverage. It can kind of be versatile all over, but really strives in that, um, you know, ball hawking safety kind of role. He's fast and he's decisive in his coverage. So he's able to make plays. He's like I said, the instinct gives him the ability to jump routes and and kind of anticipate where, you know, the quarterback's eyes are going, where he's going with things. And, and he's got very good ability of just kind of uh, uh, seeing things unfold and, and jumping plays, jumping routes. As I said, uh, within his weaknesses, he's really good at most things, but he's not really great at one particular thing. Um, he could also, kind of add to his frame a little bit, um, to bulk up just a, you know, a little bit to be a safety. He's kind of in a um, interesting little mid range where it's like, if they brought him up to be like a, um, a, a slot corner, he's a little big for a slot corner, but you know, if you've got him rolling up and trying to help and run support and stuff, he's kind of on the smaller side and he can tend to, you know, get jumbled up in um, any type of, uh, you know, blocks that are going on. He's not great at shedding off of people and, and getting, not getting entangled in, in blocks that are coming out his way. So that's kind of another thing he could, you know, tend to work on in, in that regards. My player comp for him, interesting enough, you had mentioned, you know, someone who had just recently got franchise tagged, and I thought you were going to go with my guy here, but that's Marcus Williams. Safety just got tagged by the Saints. Um, another one of those guys that's very instinctual and very uh, great in coverage because he, you know, trusts his abilities, trusts his knowledge, trusts his speed, and can just fly around the field and kind of just, you know, make plays where he needs to make plays. And, you know, obviously 
Williams is someone who's way more well-rounded in every facet, but that's just from being, you know, one of the better players in the NFL for a long time. But I think that's where you see uh, Holland could be, uh, you know, as we talk about these player comps, it's kind of like a, you know, a high end um, for the most part. It's like you could see this person, you know, potentially becoming that person. Yep. I like it. Uh, He's a stud. I think there's, this is a good, you know, it's a good secondary class overall in which, which bodes well for the Raiders. So, you know, it wouldn't be a, a draft breakdown preview without um, a name. Right. So I'm going to yeah. just, I'm going to shoot my shot here. So <laughs> shoot from the hip. Here's my last guy. And he's my dude because his name is Talanoa. Talanoa. I think it's Talanoa. Tan- Tanaloa Hufanga. Shikaka, I believe is his. Hufanga is his middle name. Shikaka is his last name. So we have Talanoa Hufanga, 6'1", 215 out of USC. He's uh, Shikaka, in my opinion, and he's he's awesome. Um, I think he is, though. I think he can be very special. I think he can be special. May, might be shooting a little too high. But I think he's someone that can be a very solid um, difference maker on a team. Um, you know, I think what sticks out on the tape is really his instincts you can see he just reads and reacts. He attacks. There is some versatility to his game where it's like they put him at strong safety. They put him at nickel and linebacker. I look at that as where it's like, okay, is he that kind of dude or is it more so, you know, if you have a top guy, you put him on the top guy, especially in college. So I think they moved him around just because that fit his game more. And so you saw him play strong safety. You saw him play in the nickel. Um, he blitz off the edge. And so, those are a lot of his strengths. I think he brings some versatility. Absolutely. But if you're a strong safety in, in the NFL, especially in college, you got to be, you know, versatile and be able to play kind of like that nickel linebacker. So, you know, when it comes to weaknesses, I think it's, he's had some injury history. Hopefully that doesn't catch up to him, but that might push him down on some boards overall. Um, and then really, I think it's, <clears throat> it's really the elite speed, you know, being able to keep up with today's game. I think there's the three down factor, you know, you look at linebackers and you're like, okay, can they play sideline to sideline? Can they stay on the field for three downs? Strong safeties, you kind of look at that the same way because, hey, third and seven, third and eight, some, you know, sometimes you rotate your free safety, you know, your second free safety just to replace a strong safety if they don't have that coverage ability, which maybe we should have done a couple different times with Jonathan Abram, but who am I to judge? But I think he's one of those guys where it's like, you know, is he is he really going to be a factor on all three downs? But I do think he, you know, he has some, um, he, he was very productive. I think he was very, once again, instinctual and, and made some good plays. And he's someone that can maybe make his mark on special teams year one and be able to fit his, um, fit his role and, and be able to find himself in, in a different scheme, not a different scheme, but in a scheme that he's able to, you know, produce. So um, my comp, you know, I, I was just trying to figure out like who, where does he actually go? And, and like you mentioned, it's like, okay, we want to go upside. We want to go like whatever, but it's like kind of like there's this dose of reality where you start getting down the board a little bit and just say, okay, who, who can this guy actually be? And I think, you know, really top end for me is, is like a Patrick Chung, you know, it's like, he is someone that, you know, he, he was a rotational guy when he got drafted, he played some special teams and then he fit his way into, to new England, which is not a, an easy scheme by any means to, to fit in and make, make plays. But um, it was because he was instinctual, um, but also the, the limited part is I think he's just better around the line of scrimmage. You know, I think he's someone that really excels 
you know, seven yards and in, and he can, he can read and react and he can go. And, and some of that elite, you know, that, that speed where he can run and chase is not there for him. So he might struggle once again, those down and distance that are, you know, seven, eight, nine yards and, and, and longer, but um, I'm going to go Patrick Chung. That's my guy. Talano, ta- Talanoa, Shikaka, Hufanga. That's my guy. USC. I love that guy. All right. Well, I will round it out with our last safety. And I'll tell you right now, I'm, I'm putting it out there for everyone. This is my, this is my 2021 draft crush right here. And I told Andy when I was setting up, you know, the breakdowns on who was covering who that I, I ordered it in a way that I was able to um, have this gentleman. And that is Andre Cisco, uh, 6'1", 210, junior out of Syracuse. Basically, everything that you have said about Morig and the way that he is viewed now is where uh, Andre Cisco's, you know, stocks were rising to. Started as a true freshman and completely came out and just balled out and was just like on the rise and was unbelievable ball hawk. He had 13 interceptions and 14 pass breakups in 24 games. Uh, his stock was just on the rise. It was heading up. Started as a true freshman. The sky was the limit for him. Uh, unfortunately, this year, pregame against Georgia Tech, he messed up his knee and was out for the season and kind of derailed the uh, the momentum he had going into this year at being potentially one of the top safeties, if not the top safety, uh, coming into this NFL draft. But some of his strengths, great instinct, and his ball hawking ability is off the charts. His production proved in every facet of his game. Um, his size and athleticism, he's long and he's rangy. Just one of those guys that can cover so much ground um, when he's back there. And he's flying around on his instincts and, you know, making plays. He's also got big hit ability and he just, he loves to tackle. He loves to come in and make the big plays, not only, you know, on the back end and coverage, but coming up and, and trying to light people up and trying to make some tackles and, and he gets aggressive with things. Leading into the weaknesses, you know, he does trust his instincts um, enough to the point where it kind of creates some freelancing ability. Uh, you started to kind of chime in on the Jonathan Abram uh, thing back when you were talking about Morig. I'll tell you right now, this guy would be the best and worst player for the Raiders secondary in the sense of like, this is the type of safety we need on the back end. Maybe not the type of person we need with Jonathan Abram on the back end, <laughs> but the other parts are his availability, you know, with the injury and, uh, everything like that, you know, is he going to be able to recoup? Is he going to be able to get back to where he once was? Um, that's, you know, obviously a big question mark. Um, and he is, you know, he's a good tackler. He's not a great tackler. He wants that big hit. You know, he's not more often than not, he's not wrapping up. He's coming in. He's trying to light people up, which I absolutely love the aggressiveness in that regards. But, you know, there are some frustrations that came along with Jonathan Abram this year. I think that you probably see a little bit of the same type of thing with Cisco. So my player comp for him is going to be Eric Reed. Another guy who's very physical and, you know, trusted his instincts and uh, flow around the field was a ball hawk. And also, you know, kind of got himself into a little bit of trouble in, you know, trusting those instincts and kind of over pursuing the things and, you know, just kind of having that freelancer ish kind of vibe to it. So um, I really like this dude. I really want the Raiders to, you know, potentially target him. He's going to be someone we could probably, try to snag in like a third or fourth round, one of the mid rounds. One of those players that would be 
in talks of being a first, second round talent if it weren't for the injury. And obviously you got to think, okay, how does that injury factor in? Is it even going to, you know, is it going to be an issue? Is it going to, you know, make it to where he's not who he is anymore? But I think getting that type of talent, getting first, second round talent, you know, in the fourth round, let's say, um, or the third round with him would be, you know, fantastic in, in my opinion. So name to keep an eye out on draft day, Andre Cisco, check him out, keep an eye out. He's going places. Yep. I'm a big, big Andre Cisco guy. I'll tell you that right now. Many reasons. Um, name, number one, standout. Um, best name outside of my guy um, from USC. But um, that, that wraps it up. So that is our list. Um, once again, a good secondary class. A lot of great corners. A lot of great safeties. I think it's, it, it's a deep class that we'll be able to, you know, hopefully we can make some, uh, you know, some assessments. But, you know, I, I do believe we do have some young talent in the secondary that, you know, as we've talked about many times, just more so needs the development. Um, so some veteran guys in free agency would be nice, um, but you never have too many, too many good young corners, too many good young um, safeties. So um, really where we're going here is, is we're getting into free agency season. So we'll, we'll have our free agency preview. Um, a lot has changed over the last you know two weeks, really. You know, we freed up 31 mil, I believe, or not freed up, but we are $31 million under the cap, which is great um, as we started this year, this off season over the cap. So, um, but also a lot of holes to fill. So um, we'll get into kind of some of our, you know, our top list around players we want to see that, you know, we, we go and attack, we go and be aggressive and what those contracts would look like. And, um, you know, I do believe, you know, I may have convinced Micah that in two weeks from now, we will do our live mock draft, um, whether he knows it or not. He is also the director, editor, producer, um, CEO, and also chairman of this pod. So um, hopefully we can get into some a mock draft once it gets a little bit closer. We are 30 days out, I believe, um, from the draft. I could be wrong, actually. I think it's, is it 30 days? I think, it, I know it's mid, mid-April. But it's around there. How about 30 days-ish? Uh, September. Yeah, April, June, and November, I believe. Um, all the rest of 31. So we are getting into, once again, free agency. It's going to be exciting. We'll do our preview next week. Um, we'll break it down. Uh, we'll bag it up. And then we'll get into, hopefully, a mock draft. Once it gets right towards the end of you know mock draft season, we'll capitalize. We'll jump in. Um, Todd McShay will probably have 15.0 at this time. So... Um, it'll be fun. I'm excited. I, I'm, I, it, this was fun to break down. I don't think we spent a ton of time on the college football side of, of, of the podcast, really the whole year. Um, and I know you and I have, you know, watched at a glance, see, seen different players and things like that, but it was really fun to break, break down those players, get into it a little bit, but I'm excited to more so address the Raiders um, current state and, and how we can improve the roster. So um, that's all I got. Raider nation stand up. We love you guys. Um, I believe I think this is where I'll leave you is all these guys that we mentioned, all these guys are going to be able to really come in into the NFL and find a role. I think that's the beauty of, of this class. I think when you look at it, um, let's just take the AFC North. So if you take the AFC North and you have someone like, you know, like the Steelers, the Ravens, right. And, and you have some of those teams where you have Donovan people, Jones on the other side of the ball, like, those guys are going to be able to match up against Donovan Peoples-Jones. And I think that's important to know to where they can be able to bring this guy in and really match up against him, press over the top. So that's kind of what you're looking for. Those are the key things that you really want to focus on 
Um, and no one's really going to understand what I'm saying, but I do think that one person does. And I think that's important. So that's where I'll leave you guys. Raider nation. Love you guys. It was a weird week. A lot of cuts, cuts keep coming and they don't stop coming. Sublime, I believe saying that song. So, you know, RIP, but that's it. Raider nation. Love you guys. Stand up. Micah this is fun as always. See you later. Yeah. As always, we appreciate the love. Uh, go share, subscribe, rate, review. Give us those five stars if you're on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. And yeah, we just uh, we enjoy putting this out there for you guys. And we hope that you enjoy the content we're, we're giving you. So that wraps up basically our, our, our positional previews. And can't wait to get into free agency. Soon as I am able to kind of button up certain things on the YouTube side of things, you guys will be able to see Andy floating through space as he was this whole time I was talking on our Zoom meeting. But until then, um, you will have to just deal with our sultry voices and, you know, the things that we bring vocally. So I'm a big vocal guy. I, I, I'm always in space. You know what I'm saying? I play above the rim and the galaxy or, you know, just the, the orbit, those things. But love you guys, Micah. You're the best. You know, I can't believe you were floating in space earlier, but this is great. Yes. And see you guys next time. Yeah, see y'all next week.